Welcome to the Exec MBA Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'd like to feature a conversation I recently recorded with Morgan Oblinsky. Morgan is an Executive MBA format student in our class of 2020, and he is also one of the leaders of our veteran executive students at Darden Student Organization. Morgan and I recently sat down to talk a little bit more about his background, why he decided to pursue an MBA, what has led him to Darden, and what he enjoys about his leadership role in our VESD student organization. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Morgan Oblinsky. Morgan, welcome to the podcast. Happy to be here. All right. So uh, for our listeners at home, tell us a little bit more about who you are. Uh, What's your background and uh, how did you end up here at Darden? Absolutely. Uh, So my name is Morgan Oblinsky. I'm a uh, Naval submarine officer by trade uh, from Virginia Beach, Virginia. Uh, went to the Naval Academy for undergraduate and uh, subsequently became a submarine officer. And, and I had all these skills in, in leadership and in, in leading a uh, division on a submarine of, of anywhere from six to, to 20 sailors. Uh, and I knew that the Navy wasn't what I wanted to do forever. And I uh, I had all these leadership traits and, and vague project management experience, and I, I had talked to some people about transitioning and, and what that might look like, and uh, they had said that getting an MBA will kind of help bridge the gap uh, from this vague sense of managing a project and timelines and deliverables to, uh, you know, what what companies in the civilian sector care about, and, 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 you know, having to actually deal with the bottom line, which is not something that veterans do and I could do. So, uh, and I was, I was looking around at, at business schools, and I, I've held a job since I was 14 and a half, I think, so I, I didn't want to do a full-time program because I just, at 30 years old when I started, I couldn't imagine not having a job after doing it for so long, so I knew I wanted an executive program, uh, and I was between investment banking and consulting kind of where I wanted to go, and I had a vague sense of what I wanted, and uh, everyone I talked to had kind of said, look at Darden, uh, I'm a Virginia anyway, so that helps, uh, and uh, the the program kind of just speaks for itself when you talk to the alumni, especially this executive program. They just rave about it, and, and everyone talks so highly of the staff and the experience. And uh, one of the things I valued from some of the classes of the Naval Academy was the Socratic method or the case method. So that was very appealing, and, and you know, it, it, it turned out to be exactly what everyone said. You know, I, I, I love Darden. So you're here in quarter six. I should note we were recording this on a. Uh a beautiful Sunday morning here, uh, Sunday afternoon now in uh, in the Washington D.C. area, sitting at Sands Family Grounds. Uh, there are kayakers on the on the Potomac. <laughs> uh, still trying to get the view into the podcast any way we yeah, can. So, absolutely, it's gorgeous. So you're on the uh, downhill side, so to speak, of the of That's the program. What they say. Yeah, it's a ten uh, two month quarter pro- program, uh, quarter six back half of the program. How are you feeling these days? How are things going? Uh, I'm I'm feeling great. So the uh, I don't want to say to let up a little bit, uh, but from what I hear on the downward slope, and it, 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 the timing couldn't be better because I have uh, started to uh, ramp up the job search, and, and I transition next spring. Um, and what I was surprised about is uh, how many opportunities there are for the executive students uh, with one full-time on-grounds recruiting lumped in with the second-year full-time students. And uh, there's there's a lot of veteran programs and veteran career conferences, and once I, I kind of have decided on investment banking, and once I decided on that, I, I kind of realized that they hire in cycles, um, which I, is probably common knowledge to most people. But as a vet, I you know I got a job 
in the Navy at 18, and I've been doing it ever since. So uh, the summer has, has gotten increasingly busy. So um, I've started to apply and now have second round interviews and, and super days, which is where you go to a bank and, and interview with a bunch of managing directors. So I'm feeling good, and, and you know, I, I'm surprised at how well throwing out the, the Darden name has helped me land some of these interviews at banks like Harris Williams and Richmond, and even. Uh, there's a lot of Darden nights in, uh, on Wall Street, so um, luckily the program is kind of, I think it's designed a little bit maybe to, to help facilitate searching for a job in the second half of the program. That is really when you do see people who are looking to make a switch. That, that's when things really ramp up. I mean, I think it's common for students <clears throat> to take advantage of the full 21 months in the program and sort of think of the first half of the program as exploratory and sort of you know what you want to do, but maybe you're out there doing information, informational interviews and yep. getting all your materials together, a resume, cover letter. You're working with Jim, Sarita, yep. uh, maybe Kellogg uh, to really to really get prepared. And then the rubber meets the road, so to speak, where you are. Um, Absolutely. So have you been working with Jim and Sarita, you know, sort of to prepare yeah, for this? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and I wish somebody had kind of told me going into the program that earlier is better with the career services folks. But, uh, and I think to, to their credit, they did. But, uh, um, so I, I've, I've sat down with Sarita and Jim, uh, and, and Connie Dunlop actually was, was incredibly helpful. But, um. And yeah, they, they have done everything. They, they think of everything. They've gone through my resume. I don't know how many times I submitted my resume to them because I would change something or tweak something. And I just want someone to look at it that knows what they're looking at. And, uh, and the resources that they've provided are incredible. Everyone I've talked to uh, at Darden and the career services folks has, has been amazing. They just pointed me in different directions. And the, the, the depth of interview prep or or behavioral interview or case information or, or you name it. They just have so many resources and it's almost, you know, I, I don't want to say it's too much because they're, they're more than willing to help you sift through it, but it is, it is, it's just been incredible, the response from them. Yeah. You, you just had the professional advancement course, uh, yes. in, in quarter five. Um, did you enjoy that course? Oh, it, it was, it was probably, I, I enjoy the finance and, you know, economics courses, but that outside of that, that was probably the favorite course I've had so far. And I've heard that they're moving it up. Uh, into the program, which is an, an amazing idea, because that the, what I took away from that course will probably stick with me for a long time, and, and that was just invaluable. And, and you know, we say you should have a pitch, or we say you should know your brand, and we say these things. And, and but when you sit down and someone says, "Okay, let me hear your pitch," and you're not ready, uh, or these are the things that I've seen work well, or this is the reason you want to do this uh, and try to sell yourself like that. Actually, doing it is invaluable. You know, like um, in my job, a lot of times we we make guys go to a whiteboard with a marker when they want to prove something out. You know, it's a lot of uh, nuclear theory and, and stuff like that. And you know, we always say, you know, the reason we do that is because when you are standing alone by yourself at a whiteboard with a marker, you either know it or you don't know it. And so, when you are standing with an interviewer, you're either going to have something to say and it's going to look sound groomed and, and, and sound like you have practiced it and you're ready for the interview or it's not. And, uh, you know, Connie will find the holes in your, in your quote unquote brand. So that has been incredible. Yeah, the professional advancement course for our listeners at home uh, traditionally has been in quarter five, sort of towards the the middle of, of our program. Uh, it will be moved up starting with our class of 2021. It actually will be in quarter one uh, for the class that starts this August. We're really excited about that. Um, so at the time, we're recording this uh, in late, late June. 
Um, all, all the class of 2021 members will soon uh, be invited to schedule their career kickoff meetings. I'm talking a little bit more about some of the career resources. So these are initial touch points uh, that our career advisors have with students prior to matriculation. And then PAC will be, the professional advancement course will be right there in quarter one. So hopefully put people on a, on a very positive trajectory to engage with a lot of these career questions. Because um, I, 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 you probably have this impression from talking with your classmates, Morgan, but um, we're seeing just a, a real diversity of career aspiration in, in the program. So a lot of switchers, climbers, people who are exploring, sort of looking at a few different things, people who potentially want to start their own businesses. And so we really want to help sort of get engaged with those aspirations earlier. Um, yeah. So um, I'm curious, we've had some conversations on the podcast about sort of transitioning military, uh, people who are separating uh, from the military, moving into the civilian world. Um, do you have a piece of advice or two for people who are sort of listening to the podcast and thinking that might be me down the road? Anything that you wish you would have known or any, a tip you might, might offer? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So the first one I would say, especially for those coming to Darden, um, is to reach out to the career folks early and often. You know, in, in, if they're telling you to back off, it's probably a good sign. But uh, they, they just have so many resources. And I think the thing that a lot of veterans struggle with is where they want to go. Or maybe they know they want to go into tech. But what, is that, what does that mean? So uh, two resources I found incredibly helpful. One we've talked about is the career services folks. Uh, and the second are the classmates. And, and this is something I was like vaguely kind of told, like, hey, the benefit of the executive program is that you get people from all walks of life. Um, but I never, you know, talking about their experiences is great, but they are all willing to help and they all, they all work in different companies and, and have these roles. And, and you know, uh, Joe Lawler works in business development. What's business development? Like, I, I, I never even knew that was a thing. So uh, just having the conversations with your classmates that are in different fields, you know, everyone's willing to help. Most companies have veteran assistant programs. Um, and so that's been an invaluable resource. Or they've, they're, they're used to interviewing for different positions at different jobs. And, and, you know, I have come to learn and find out that there is a method to interviewing for, you know, picket, consulting as its own method, banking, or general management, biz dev. Uh, they all have these different forms of, and things they want to hear in the interviews. And, and so uh, that, that has been invaluable. And, and these guys hearing what your military accomplishments are and helping you try to frame that and, 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 you know, what does that mean? How do you, you know, this is probably a better way to say this in your interview and that can convey the same level of accomplishment that you think you're conveying by saying it in this military jargonized way. Uh, and, um, the last one I would say is there are so many veteran programs, especially for veterans that are getting MBAs. So, Look, like reaching out to the career services folks or other vets that have transitioned, um, you know, not for the, hey, this is, you know, my cliche lessons learned, but just what are the resources you used? Or, or you know, who do you know that has done this specific transition into this job? In uh, Darden, you know, I think we have a third military in our cohort. So the years, you know, there's there's years and years past for vets that have, that have transitioned into probably a field you want to go into because, when I joined the executive program, no one at Darden said this, but a lot of vets kind of told me, like, well, because you're doing the executive, you probably won't get an investment banking job because they usually like full time. And that couldn't be that couldn't have been further from the truth. But it took having those conversations for me to learn that that was even a possibility. 
Yeah, so it's, it's very interesting to us. I mean, from a recruitment standpoint, we talk to people who are veterans, and there's such incredible diversity, both in terms of background, what they've done in the military, and also where they are on their career journey. Yeah. Uh, we've had veterans who work for J.P. Morgan Chase uh, we've had, and Deloitte and all sorts of firms, and we have people who are in your situation who are will be transitioning out. We also have people who plan to remain active duty afterwards, yep. and, and this is really part of their sort of professional development plan. Um, within the military. So a lot of, lot of incredible diversity there. And I, you're, you're right to note the relationship aspect. I think what we always stress with students, you know, as you're trying to get sort of a feel for what you want to do, just get curious about what other people do and sort of how they got there and advice they might have might mean that you have to buy a few cups of coffee along the way. But um, those, those conversations are really fairly easy because you're just Absolutely. asking someone to talk about themselves um, and just have, have a conversation. So, um, there are many different reasons for uh, your being on the podcast. One, to hear your story, but uh, two, also to talk a little bit about the veteran executive students at Darden. So one of the student organizations we actually have for executive format students here, um, our listeners hopefully are aware, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, we actually have a few different uh, clubs and organizations specifically uh, for our executive format students. Uh, VESD is one of them. Uh, yep. You will be in the leadership for, for the club uh, in the coming year. Um, what attracted you to, to serving in this way? Uh, I think because I, I had kind of known about a handful of veteran programs that existed for transitioning vets. And through Darden and through talking to people, just like I kind of described, I just learned of so many different programs. And I had kind of wished, and I think Raphael, who's another vet that belongs to the uh, VESD, um, and, and the other leadership members kind of were – and I, I hate to say this because I don't want to. I don't want to speak to past cohorts because it is juggling a career, a transition, and the program is tough. But you know, we we kind of wanted more from the from the veteran club when we had joined the program, and I think that we all joined the leadership to to try to contact the incoming veterans and and try to you know set the standard for the you know what help looks like and and kind of feed information for anyone that that wants it and and all these things that you know we have just kind of stumbled upon um or that the career services people have have told us about um you know maybe if we make that up front sooner or make that information available sooner that uh people will be able to you know take advantage of some of those resources early on because maybe somebody's transitioning you know the first year of the program and not the you know the second year like i am so uh, and also, uh, you know, we just kind of wanted to, you know, we take a lot of pride in being a veteran. And, and you know, some a lot of the vets here are not active duty. They were veterans ten years ago, and and so, but they, you know, once you're once you're a vet, you know, you're always a vet. So I, I think we kind of just wanted to build a little camaraderie and and you know and and help you know help each other out and 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 you know instill that kind of ethos that we've we're used to. Yeah, it is communities within a community here. Uh, always, people always wonder, executive MBA program, can you get to know your classmates that well? You're not together in the same way uh, that you would be in a full-time MBA program. I imagine you have some, some thoughts about that. Yeah, I would, I would say, you know, I, I haven't been in a full-time program, and I went to undergraduate at a college where I couldn't leave except for 12 hours a week. So, uh, you know, it's not, quite, it's not quite being stuck in a barracks. But... Um, I would say we're incredibly close. So, uh, you know, we, we go back and forth with the uh, Charlottesville cohort and the Roslyn cohort, but I understand in the future it's all going to be Roslyn, so that'll be great. But, 
you know, you spend these weekends and most people are coming from out of town. So you're in the hotel room and, and, you know, we, we, they give you, they assign you a learning team of about five or six students to begin with. And so you get to know those folks and then you kind of learn that learning team doesn't really, you know, you're not bound by this six group of people. So I think the learning teams that I've had throughout the program have, have, I think now we're at like 30 people in one learning team because we just all realize that we're all in this together. So we might as well help each other out and, and, and share resources and talk about different things. And, you know, th- that was for academia, but it's turned into, you know, this massive group of friends and, and, you know, it, you kind of just, it becomes like a, I don't, I don't want to use the cliche that it becomes another family, but you spend so much time, you know, on Zoom, like, which is a version of Skype that we use here at Darton, uh, and all these other venues talking to these people and texting, and we use Slack, so we're constantly sharing information via Slack. So you are constantly in touch with the people in your cohort. So I don't think anything's lost, you know, and, and if anything else, I, I kind of prefer this method. So um, that all interesting stuff that you have planned. I'm, I'm curious, you know, we talked about a lot of advice here. Um, you're now on the sort of down, downhill side of the program, as we, as we discussed earlier. Um, looking back outside of the career stuff that we've talked about, is there anything that you wish you would have known that you wish somebody would have told you about the academic experience or how to, how to navigate things here? Any, any piece of advice you might have? We, have? we have students who will be starting here in August who may be, may be interested in that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I wish, so I, I hate to say it this way because people, you know, tried to warn me, but uh, if I could reemphasize, I guess, something is the time commitment. So I kind of just, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm a veteran. I've deployed. I know what, I know what time commitments are. Um, this, is, this is just different. And uh, I thought, you know, I'm a smart guy. I can just go through it. It'll be fine. Because you're in these learning teams and you, you, you couldn't possibly prepare for all of this on your own the weeks leading up to the on-grounds. So you develop these learning teams and you make these commitments to people. Uh, so you end up wanting to spend your time preparing and helping everyone out and, and, and you know, doing your part to, to help the group for the weekend. Uh, and so I did not communicate to my wife probably as well as I should have how much time it was going to be and how much um, and, and not that she cares about that, but how much support uh, that I would need from her. So, uh, I, you know, looking back, I wish somebody would have just reminded me that, you know, it is great that you understand the time commitment or that you don't think it'll be that, but maybe, uh, go tell the folks that are closest to you that, you know, you're going to, you're going to lean on them, uh, and they should be ready because, uh, you know, I, I thought we, you know, the deployments were behind us. So we kind of, she kind of thought, you know, this will be fine. And then now I'm asking to do all this stuff. So if I could give a piece of advice, I would say, you know, tell your support network that you were going to lean on them. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of student advice around uh, conversations and communication. Um, one, uh, it's almost to over communicate, right, with yeah. the person, um, whoever, people at work, people at home, to make sure they understand what what you're doing, um, what it will entail for you, uh, what it will mean for for them. Um, but then also, um, I think almost all of our students when they get to graduation they feel that that moment is as much about everybody else in their life as it is about what they've done because there's a whole group of people who've made it possible for you to be there at that time. So there's a sort of poetic quality to it that I, that I'm always struck by that it's it's about, you know, husbands and wives and grandparents. It's funny you said that because I was looking at a job that starts and I was like, well, maybe I don't, I don't have to walk at graduation 
And my wife was like, absolutely not. Like, I've, I've, I've put enough into this, too, that you will be there. We will be there. So, so it's, a, it's, a, it's a real thing. Um, you know, I think it's also, you know, it's helpful for people. I mean, the thing that can be sometimes hard, um, and we see this, uh, is these, these on-grounds residencies. They're tremendous experiences. You're with all these people. It can be really fun. You have all this, you have all this learning that's happening. You have social stuff that's happening. And meanwhile, the other people in your life have been making everything work, uh, you know, whether that's laundry or like cleaning or what, yep. what, what all, you know, what all is involved in sort of keeping things running while you're here at school. And so there can kind of be a little bit of a disconnect connect from those uh, two experiences. But it's good to keep that in mind. We, all, we try to encourage students to, to remember that, that while you were here, there were other people doing maybe the less glamorous side of things. Someone's got to keep the trains running. Exactly. Um, and then the last piece is, I think we hear this from students pretty regular, make sure you have made time consistently. You have it blocked off in your schedule for these people. You Absolutely. Know? And so whether it's you have a date night every week or like you just have uh, a time, you know, whether it's all Saturday is just a family day or whatever, block it off in advance. Treat that like a non-negotiable, like another class. Don't try to do schoolwork there. Be fully present for your family or your significant other, uh, whomever it may be. Ab- absolutely. So, um, well, Morgan, obviously very exciting to hear about all the things you're doing with the veterans uh, group. Um, you know, obviously you've got a pretty big second half of the program here with the, with the job interviews and yep. and all of that. Uh, any other things you're looking forward to accomplishing here between now and a graduation? Any any classes you're excited about? Or yeah, so I uh, took all the. Uh, this might sound crazy to anyone listening, but I took all the finance electives. So. Uh, you know, I, we've talked about M&A, and I have, a, I have a vague idea of what mergers and acquisitions is, so I'm excited for that class, which probably sounds weird to somebody else. But um, And I'm, I'm also uh, doing a, a, a second grad degree at Old Dominion and a couple of certifications, so I'm excited to, you know, put some of those behind me. Um, but no, yeah, and I'm excited, I, you know, for those listening, our one of our quarters, I'm a Roslyn um, cohort, so I'm in, I'm in Roslyn all the time, and so we have a we have a quarter that's in uh, Charlottesville, so I'm excited to go back to Charlottesville. For, for those that are admitted and haven't been to Charlottesville, it's an amazing town. Uh, and then, I guess, lastly, the India trip. So I, I, you do one uh, international trip, as you guys know, and I, I'm doing India, so I, I couldn't be more excited for that. So. Yeah, your, your class, the schedule is really interesting, right? Because quarter nine electives are in Charlottesville. Yep. Quarter, quarter ten electives will be back up here in Roslyn. Uh, for, once we have both sections here, all electives will be, will be based in, in Roslyn. Students still get time in Charlottesville, though, for the two leadership residencies. So we thought it was important that people still feel connected to the mothership, so to speak. Spend Absolutely. time there, there at UVA. On the grounds. On the grounds. That's right. That's right. Um, and so India, it's always... Lottie Carr, who's been on this podcast uh, before, always talks about India as her favorite global residency because I think it's the one where people feel most outside their comfort zone um, because it's, it's so different than yeah. typically what people know, and it's a place of extremes. And yeah. so um, it can be a really profound trip for people for that reason. Yeah, that's, I think that's why I picked it. I, I kind of asked her before I decided, you know, what, what, what do people say about the different trips? And I'd asked some of the 2019ers. And she, she actually swayed my decision because she said, you know, you go to Brazil – it's kind of, or, the, or you go to the, the first uh, global residency. It's kind of early in the program, so you get to know each other still, and you're getting to already manage the time commitment. Uh, and then she said that um, like Europe, 
people are generally more comfortable in Europe because it's, you know, America light or whatever you want to call it. So they generally the, the group will disperse a little bit more than, and she said in India, you know, it's, it's not like anything most people have ever seen. So, you know, and, and I guess traditionally it happens later, uh, in the, in the program. Yeah. So you're very close with your, with your classmates. And she said it's a great time because everyone just wants to do things together. You know, like they're not going to break apart. No one's going to go rogue in India. So, um, you know, people generally stick together and it's it's a very, you know, team building kind of atmosphere. And everyone seems to love that uh, that that trip. Yeah, it is quarter eight. Uh, so our global residency, you get to go to two cities, uh, Mumbai and, and Delhi and um, oftentimes, students will add on a trip or two we are uh, doing that, yeah. uh, around uh, that trip. I mean, you, you've gone all the way to India. Yep. Uh, maybe go visit. Where else are you going to go? Uh, so um, we're going to go. I think some of us have spouses coming out. So we're going to go back and see the Taj Mahal because I think we do it in the program. And we're going to go back and see that so the, the spouses can see it. Uh, and I, I kind of swayed the group because I've always wanted to go to a particular region in India called Goa, which is on the, on the ocean side. And it's actually the only providence in India – that was occupied by the Portuguese, not the British. So it's supposed to have a completely different feel and just be kind of like this hippie beach area. So we're going to Goa, a few of us. So we're excited. We had some students who, uh, in last year's class, class of 2019, um, who went to Goa in oh, advance of the trip. So uh, I'm sure you'll have a, have a great time. Yeah. Well, Morgan, thank you for taking time out of, out of your uh, Sunday here uh, to be on the podcast. It's a pleasure, pleasure speaking with you. Yeah, but always. And that was my conversation with Morgan Oblinsky an executive MBA format student in our class of 2020. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at exec. That's E-X-E-C-M-B-A at darden.virginia.edu. Until next time, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.